Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. Go Wild has recently partnered with Mountain Tough for a free 30-day workout program designed to get you in shape for turkey season called the Go Wild Challenge. Download Go Wild to sign up and let everyone know in a Go Wild post that you're joining us. Then, each time you do a workout, tag Go Wild and Mountain Tough to hold yourself accountable. Also, Go Wild will be attending the Great American Outdoor Show February 4th through the 12th. If you're in the area, stop by booth 412, meet the guys, and learn all about Go Wild. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. Welcome to the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast with your hosts, Andy, Micah, and Nate. Hello. What's going on, guys? Andy, are you tired? I am tired. Did you do a little hunting there last night? I did, but I was home by 11. Oh, okay. That ain't too bad. No. I just have a son that doesn't sleep. (laughs) Yeah. That makes it hard. So, you know. Well, I think we're all tired in, in, in here. The, in theory, you go, you know, the whole concept of night hunting is, you know, you can go where everybody else sleeps. Well, the problem is when you get home from night hunting and you need to sleep, it's and they're hard. not sleeping, it yeah. makes it pretty tough. Well, especially with the newborn. Is he, is he wake up quite a bit? or uh, A good night is three times. A good night is, dude, I do not miss having a baby. A good night is, he goes to bed at 8, wakes up at 11. Wakes up about like one thirty, two o'clock, then wakes up again around four o'clock. That's a, that's an average night. I say a good night would be wakes up at eleven, wakes up at like three. Damn, how old is he? Six uh, months. Six months. Oh, not quite seven. Try to tell his little ass to get a job and start sleeping a little better. You're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't sleep for shit last night either. And for I a totally like different reason. I like I have it bad. Like I don't get up. Like I'm not the one getting up all those times. <laughs> Right. Like, I wake it's, up probably about every time. time. Like, yeah. I take my turn, but she does the majority. See what he said? Turn. Turn. See, well, I, all right. Singular. I, I'll get up once. I, w- I was blessed. Uh, Amy, she she took that on. She Anytime any of our kids woke up, 99% of the time she was the one getting up. Yeah. Because, I mean, she, they were all our babies were breastfed babies <laughs> except for Lawson. <laughs> You ain't got the titties. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I ain't got no titties. So, I mean, I do. They just don't do nothing. <laughs> what you doing much use. Get your useless-ass nipples out of here. <laughs> Dude, how did, uh, uh, how did that go? I don't remember. I was, <laughs> yeah, I, don't know. I was like, I think I was given the sympathy. Hey, do you want me to do anything? What are you going to do there with your useless nipples or something? <laughs> something along there. I'm like, well, you ain't wrong. Yeah, you know. Funny. But she was amazing when it came to the babies. I didn't sleep for a whole different reason, but yeah, yeah we kind of yeah, that's a sad deal, man. I, I mean, we talk about it in the show, but uh, yeah, losing a losing your dog unexpectedly like that, it's uh, it's a shock, you know. It's it's I'm it's like honest. losing a loved one, you know. Dude, I'm gonna be yeah, I'm gonna be honest with you. I did not realize. I I mean, I cried like a bitch the last day and a half. Yeah, just uh, you know, he's that one. I think I'm good now, so I can talk about him, but. He's that just that that once in a lifetime dog people talk about. I can probably own dogs for the 
rest of my life and I'll never you know if I if I were to write down what I wanted in a dog he checked every single box I would ever had he was and he was mine like or I was his you know I was his person so he followed me you guys would see it and he'd be a little bit annoying when we were recording because he always had to be right here and then he would get in your face oh my god he was a stinky he was a stinky but uh yeah I I ain't gonna find another one like him so He's a good one. It was a rough day yesterday, but I did get to be home with him. Or yeah. I, d- I had stuff go on personally. My wife's car had problems, so I spent $500 on her car. But as a result, I ended up not working. And so when I come home, at least I was able to be with him, yeah. um, you know, and before he died. So mm-hmm. I did not sleep very good last night and uh, cried like a little girl, so I'm even more tired. Apparently, you, you get tired from crying. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Anyway. I don't know. I would say ask Chuck Norris, but Chuck Norris doesn't cry. Rest in peace, Trigger. Yeah. Anyway, was that your joke? Well, I just came up I with mean, one myself. Really, yeah, I had another on one. The, on, the, on the end there, yeah. <laughs> I had another one planned, but I felt like that applied, but it just didn't hit. Mike was trying to lighten it up before it was time to lighten it <laughs> yeah. up there. I, I like that, yeah. Chuck but, Norris uh, doesn't cry. <laughs> the original joke was... I mean, let me see here. I mean, outside of pets, you know, dying and kids not sleeping. Usually, when we don't sleep, we're trying to uh, we're trying to do some thermal hunting. Do some thermal hunting, which yep. the show today is about. If you told me let's go tonight, I don't think I would. I don't want to go to bed. Well, I wouldn't go just because bed. it's a muddy son of a gun oh, yeah, out there. I just that don't, that doesn't sound fun at all. No. If it would freeze, that'd be one thing, but it doesn't right. look like we're going to be getting cold weather for a little while. Yeah. But yes, we are talking about. Night oh, hunting, yeah, with Alex DeBoard. Alex on DeBoard. <laughs> Alex, <laughs> nice one. I like it. With Talk About It Outdoors podcast out of Georgia. Uh, if you haven't checked them out before, you should. Yep. It's an awesome show. They do a good job. Um, but we're talking about you know night hunting. How he got, how they got into it with uh, lights, mm-hmm. and then into thermals. We talk about gear. We talk about some expectation. How he kind of yeah, yeah just. You know, the way that he does it, and uh, it's interesting because uh, I wanted to have him on the show because they're in the southeast part of the country. You know, how it maybe do they do things differently than we do as far as thermal hunting. They get to do it year-round where they're at. We get two months. You know, they've been doing it for a long time as far as it being legal. We've had – this is our third year. So, you know, what differences there are. Um, I like it. He's, He's one of us. He's a budget guy. Yeah, that's, that, that's all. Our ballpark is the same one he's dealing in. Yeah, I, I agree. This, it was good. We don't have the eighteen thousand dollar twelve eighty p whatever. Would I like it? I mean, yeah, I'd take it if yeah, I could. But yeah, like we say in the show, it's not going to make you kill more dogs. I don't think. Very true. You know, Very for true. the time, I mean, in the experience, the limited experience that I have night hunting. I can't see a situation where that would have made a difference. Right. Well, I mean, you would have a thermal at that point. So that well, would, sure. That would be nice. Yeah, that would be That nice. might help you kill more dogs. <laughs> may, it would help me. It helped me 100%. <laughs> Mike is just thinking to himself, actually, you guys both just got scanners, so I do, in fact, have a thermal now. Well, not really, because y'all are going to have helmets, and then you're going to have the gun. So it ain't yeah, but then right. you're like, give me that helmet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it'll, it'll make it to where everybody at least is looking through a thermal. Yeah. Which we pretty much do kind of. all the time now, but there are those times where yeah. you, you got know, all, like didn't meet us three went out uh last week or something. That's four. 
No, just us three went on your depredation tag. Yeah. Oh. And you, one of us didn't have. Yeah. 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 Or no, that was the beginning. That was the first night. Yeah. So one of us didn't have the uh, the rifle. So we looked through the, the third person app. was just kind of do 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 do. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of twiddling your thumbs a little bit, but that's yeah. all right. You guys want to jump into run through our sponsors and get yeah. to the show? Let's do it. Yeah. Who you want to start with? Midwest Gunworks. Talking about shooting stuff. Ain't no better place to get the parts and the guns and yep. everything else involved. Uh, alert, our discount code has changed with them. Still 5%, but it is now Woods Water. Woods Spell water. it out. That's our new discount code with them. Woods with an S. Water with no S. Wasn't that the old one for Alps? Yes. Because we got a new one for it's Alps still now. still kind of the same one for Alps, but different. Different. And uh, Alps isn't on this week, so we'll talk about it next week. Cameron's been dropping some good videos. Dude, yeah. man. Yeah. Stuff coming out. Like, his production so value up. has definitely oh, yeah. went up a lot. Like, they got the new studio and stuff. Yep. I mean, it's putting out some Check high quality Check them out on stuff. YouTube if you haven't. Midwest Gunworks. Yep. Cameron, tell your wife that baby needs to be coming soon. Yeah. Maybe by the time you listen to this, that so baby will be here. with us. So, congrats ahead of time. But, uh, yeah, use, check them out, Midwest Gunworks. Um, actually, I'm going to get on there. Yeah, maybe not tonight when we get done. I'm going to modify my tripod. Oh, are you? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to find a throw lever. There you go. Nice, you nice, nice. Our boys at Athlon. Nice segue, Nate. Um, <laughs> Pat yourself on the back. Ridiculously Dustin, good off. Dustin over at Athlon showed me a, like a sharp, tight, and priced just right. There it is. Ooh, I like that. Did you just come up with that one? No, it's on the no, shirt. It's on no. the <laughs> so uh, check them out, athlonoptics.com. I just came home with a Midas Tac today. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, You'll love it. Although. Highly recommended. I can see a Kronos circling me right now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of them rabbit holes. You, you can get deep in it. Yeah, well, the Kronos, I did not know that the Kronos has the same uh, optic as the Midas Tac. Yeah, it's the same. What do you call that? The same uh, reticle. Yeah, reticle. Thank you. Yeah. Um, as the tack, and I'm like, ooh, that's they're that's nice. Pretty sweet. They're nice. So yeah, check them out. Um, if you don't know of any dealers, uh, hit us up. Uh, we we love uh, Jesse Bunger with Explicit Outdoors. He's a yep. dealer of Athlons. Um, there's some other dealers out there. I don't know of any because that's what we use. But um, yep. he's in the Harrisonville, Missouri area. Uh, great, great dealer. He very mine. knowledgeable. Yeah. He's a user of their stuff as well. Yep. So uh, if you're looking at an Athlon scope, ask us what you think or any of their stuff. Ask us what you think or uh, I think get a hold between of all, I think between all of us, I think we got one of we each a, style almost. Yeah, we got a good uh, segue in them. Yep. Yeah. So, so. check them out, Athlon Optics. Cutting back digital. Yep. Use the code M. M O W W twenty two. No, I'm no, pretty sure that's probably expired by now. Yeah, probably so. But you so. can try it. You can try twenty three. See if it works. I don't know. M O W W twenty two. Yeah, <laughs> We're still working through some stuff with them. So uh, yeah, doubt uh, you could try the code, but I doubt it works anymore. Yeah, but cut it back. Uh, check them. Check them out. Cuttybackdigital.com. Rivers Edge Tree Stand. Uh, use our code. I'm guessing this one still works. Use our code Missouri ten for ten percent off, plus free shipping on any. Hang ladder or hang on lucky buck mineral i need to get some more out yep. i have slacked the is last, about that time it is i time. have slacked a little bit not that this time they're not really hitting it too bad anyways they still hit my 
spot every once in a while. I'll get a picture I'm here. I'm still and there. seeing them. Yeah, I put some out. It's been just after season was over. Right. And they're still, you know, still hitting it. Hitting it. So, but yeah, we love their stuff. I need to get my hands on some of the freak factor. Get that out there. Yeah, that would be nice. Feed all the raccoons. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Onyx. Use code MWW20 for 20% off. Um, right now, we're using it hot and heavy in the coyote season. Definitely. We're kind of making the plans for our stands and looking up landowners, contacting people, making sure we get permission. Yep. Staying within your boundaries. Daryl's got a pretty damn sweet setup with his Onyx. He does. He's got it where... Uh, He's got an iPad. I don't know what iPad it is, but it seems like it's bigger than It's mine. a big iPad. but And then he's got like a deal. He can put it in the truck, you know, mm-hmm. so it looks like an Apple Play screen or whatever you want to yeah. call it. But it's pretty sweet. So we can all get up there and instead of everybody having their phone out trying to find the same spot, screen. got one big screen. Okay, we're going to hit here, blah, blah, yep, blah. It's pretty awesome. Go the, only, the only thing he does that kills me. Is he uh, he t- does a lot of turning of the screen, uh-huh. and before I know it, I'm like, which I'm way is mixed, north? I'm mixed up. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, I was up front, so I could tell. Okay, and the arrow's pointing. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was a little it's easier. Pretty for damn me. sweet, and that's what's awesome about Onyx. You can use the app on your phone, your iPad. Computer. You can get on the website. Yep. You can actually, if you have Apple Play on your vehicle, you I can do that. you can do it through there now I too. Have Apple Play. Wait, you, is it Apple Play or what the, is it? It's a GMC. It's CarPlay. I think that's the same thing. Is it? I think so. So you should be able to hook it up and get the app on How there. do you do that? You can get the app? Yeah, you get the app through there, and then you do huh. it. I'll have to look into There's that. some way how to do it. I don't. It's uh, not like I'm going to use the. I drive a tinfoil truck. I don't know exactly. I've just seen the commercials. And my <laughs> so, car that has that app is my work car. It's not like I'm going to be hunting with that right. thing. Right. <laughs> sure. The old Coyote Caddy does not have that. No, yeah. no, no. That's all right, though. Uh, but check them out on xmaps.com. Black Ovis. I was on there last night, actually. I was looking at some different things. So they got a lot of, man, they got a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. So if hunting related, you need it, they got it. Yeah, hunting, camping, all that sort of stuff. MWW10 for 10% off. Yep. And last but not least, Camo Fire. Yeah. The flash sale. Rotating door of deals. You guys got some time to kill. Check them out. You might have something you need. Had had a really odd experience with camo fire today. Explain. It happened during my afternoon shit instead of morning. So that was that was new. Cool story. I didn't have a morning poo today because I had to get out so fast <laughs> that it happened in the afternoon and I got on camo fire. It felt like I needed to. It was pretty awesome. So you didn't shit in the morning. See, I have a, no. I had I, I have a strict routine. I. I wish I could have, but I had to. I had to be on the road by five fifteen this morning, so I got. Uh, I uh, li- yeah. no shit. I woke up at five. And was no, exactly no <laughs> shit. <laughs> there was no shit. I uh, woke up at five and was gone by five eh, twenty. I was maybe a little behind. But yeah, it was pretty uh, quick, so I didn't have time to. So you had to stop at a hotel on on the way. No, I actually made it all the way home. Well, I take that back. It was, it, I was a jack stack. We, we <laughs> I was a jack stack. I had to pick up dinner. My wife's like, hey, everybody's had a rough day, you know, blah, blah, blah. Why don't you pick up food on the way home? So I stopped cool. by there to pick up food, and it hit me. So I handled business. <laughs> Took care of it. Yeah. Well, All right. Let's get into <laughs> the show. I think I've talked about that for enough. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's uh, – what about our Chuck Norris joke? I already did one. It didn't land. It'll be fine. I'll, f- I'll do it next next time. What's saving it? Okay, so let's get into our show with Alex. We'll talk about it outdoors then. See you.
This is the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. See ya. All right, with us tonight, a special treat because we've been talking about talking with this guy, no pun intended, for a while. But we've got Alex DeBoard with Talk About It Outdoors. What's up, man? Pleasure to be here. Uh, I've been listening to you guys forever. Y'all do a great job with your show. Y'all were kind of an inspiration to us when we first got started. Y'all came up a little bit before we did. Did we really? It's been... Yeah, yeah, y'all were y'all were right there. I think y'all had 30, 40 episodes right before we got out. So Man. it really took a lot from you guys and what y'all did with your show. Well, so. now I'm starting to feel bad because... My teachers are right. I was a bad influence. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm starting to feel bad because I'm pretty sure... Let me let me get to your show here. You're on episode 153 now. That's right. So how many do you put out a week? We're on 145 next, so they've passed us. Yeah, you've already put out more shows. Than I know. Know. know for at one point in time you were putting out like two or three shows a week, weren't you? We would we would record at least uh, three times a week, most Oof. weeks if not four. Uh, we were we were trying to get a lot of content, a lot of backlog. Nicholas and I put a lot of time and effort into that early on. Now we're back to one a week, so yeah. we, we just record on Tuesday night. See, go. It got a little hectic there for a while. It was cutting in on everything. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I can understand that. That's killing it, man. That's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. really cool. Well, um, before you know, before we get into it, why don't you introduce yourself, uh, tell everybody who you are, where you're from, and give them a little bit about Talk About It Outdoors, and then we'll get into t- the topic for today. Yeah, I'm I'm nobody special. I'm just a dude that loves hunting. My name's Alex DeBoard. I'm from down in North Georgia, born and raised. I'm a son of a chicken farmer, grew up uh, cattle farming, and just spent all my time in the outdoors as a kid. I deer hunted and squirrel hunted and still got squirrel dogs. My dad does, and we run them all over the country and was very blessed to have a, a dad that got me in the outdoors at early age spent a lot of time traveling with him once i got older and we got a little bit of money we didn't have much growing up but we had enough and we hunted and we fished and there you go did everything we wanted to do and a few years ago a buddy of mine uh, nicholas wilson my partner on the show he said why don't we start a podcast and i had no idea what that was i, I listened to a little joe rogan that was about it and he said man you like to write stories and talk to people and i'll talk to a fence post i don't care i love people and love meeting folks so it it was a hand-in-hand kind of endeavor for us so we went into it and and it was all she wrote we brought in my one of my best friends and my biggest influence and into predator hunting cody watson into the mix with us he's my road dog my traveling buddy and we'll get into more about that later i'm sure but it's been a fun ride, man. This whole podcasting thing's been a been more of a blessing than I could ever imagine it to be. It's opened up doors that that were probably there. I just was too afraid to go and open and and giving me a chance to to be able to meet people that I never would have met otherwise. I just I'm a happy guy. I try to be positive, and and there was just wasn't enough of that out there to me. And so I wanted to do a little bit something different with it, and you know, make something that people might enjoy. I just I've got a ton of stories, and I got some stuff I probably shouldn't share on the show a lot of times. It's it's all good. We've had a lot of fun over the years doing it, and, and it's been a blessing for sure. Yeah, well, not to not to get uh, too sappy, but you know, I've I've known Alex. Apparently, I always thought they were before us, so that's how so how much I know. But yeah. I've known Alex, um, you know, from a, a personal and professional level. 
um, a little bit since I feel like we've started. Um, I don't remember how we got hooked up, but we were on a Instagram group together, and then we started talking on the phone here and there. Um, and I'll try to get through this without being a baby. But yeah, Alex, carefully. almost You're a kind of almost to sound like a dating story, here, right? right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> almost a year ago today, um, Alex released a show in between their 85th and 86th episode. Uh, titled there's never enough time a tribute to jericho and that it was your dog uh that passed away my dog passed away yesterday and uh i actually went back and listened to that which was a bad idea today by the way probably probably not the best Uh, i went back and listened to that while i was on the road today for eight hours and it did help i mean i'm still upset and all that and it's i'm i'm not over it at all but um you know, that that short five minute episode that you put out, um, boy, I bet it I bet it touched a lot of folks, you know, just the way it is. It's just a little five minute tribute to your dog that passed away. But if anybody's out there that recently lost a dog or has in the past, you should really go check out that little five minute tribute he did to Jericho. It was pretty good. I don't know how the hell you made it through that the same day he I didn't make away. it all the way through. <laughs> <laughs> you did better than I would if I can promise you that. And I sat in my driveway and wrote that wrote that down. I'm bad to write in a journal. I've got one that I write in a lot, and, and I've got stuff that I've written, and I did it in you know a little five or ten minutes there. I wrote it down, and I was I was going to make a post on Facebook like I usually did with it. And I called Nicholas and I told him I said, "Hey man, we were recording in his basement at the time." And I said, "Hey, I'm going to come in the back door." I said, "Just give me a few minutes if you don't care. I got something I want to record." And uh, so I went down there and cut it, and and that was. For me, I mean, I grew up with hunting dogs. I had, just like I said in there, dogs didn't, they were working tools to us. I mean, you just didn't get attached to them. My dad taught me that at an early age. It, you don't get attached to them because they could be gone in a split second. And uh, that was the first dog in my life that I'd had from a puppy all the way up. You know, he, he grew with us, moved with me and my wife, and he was our pet. He was my best friend uh, for a lot of years and a loyal companion. And people's like, well, you was mean to that dog. You'd run him off the porch. And I'm like, well, my dad ran me off the porch and he didn't, he didn't hate me. So I mean, it worked out pretty good for the both of us. So, but it yeah. was, and, and like I, like I told you earlier when I texted, you know, sorry for your loss, you dog, anyone who's ever had one that meant a lot to him, it, it sticks out, man. And it's a tough thing to do. And, but you give them the best life you can while they're here. And I, I'll say, don't wait too long to fill the void. I, I, I waited several months and, and I went and got me a new one and copper my, my new dog he's he's my new best buddy he's right yeah. there with me all the time too so fill the void because because it'll uh you'll think you don't want to but a new one makes it a lot easier on you well, i will tell you it, the weirdest thing walk uh, yesterday was just a whirlwind you know him dying i had to i rushed him to the hospital and all this stuff and but today i walked in from uh home and he's my shadow so right wh- wherever i'm walking he is a few steps behind me no matter what it was really weird walking through my own house just with nothing behind me, you know. So yep. uh, we're going to move on before I start uh, bawling like a little girl <laughs> on the show. Can we, can we talk about killing Let's dogs? Let's talk about killing coyotes. <laughs> yeah. hey, I almost get on that, baby. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, let's let's talk specifically about night hunting. If If nobody knows this, in Missouri – our night season opened a few, uh, well, about six days ago, I think now. Today's the 7th, right? Yeah, or the today's, 8th. The 8th. today's the 8th. So, so uh, it opened a week ago today. Missouri has a two-month season, basically, uh, from February 1st through March 31st. And um, But in Georgia, where y'all are from, you have 
the entire year, basically, it sounds like. 24-7-365. We pile them higher than the card deck, son. We try to anyway. <laughs> so, the, you know, the, the sucky thing for us is, and we've only, this is our third year, too, of having the ability to hunt with thermals or, or artificial lights. So, you know, you've been doing this for a long, long time. What, how did you get started into night hunting? And then we'll, we'll, we'll graduate into what you do, but how did you get started and what started the whole night thing for you? You know, for me, I was always wanting to do something different and never really, never really looked at coyote hunting as a sport or anything else. Nobody was in it. You know, it's probably been, oh goodness, probably 2015 when I first started. And Cody Watson, I made mention of him. He, he was a big time day hunter and he was, he was good at it. And he started wanting me to go with him and, and we tried it out a few times and there was a tournament that came about in Georgia. And he said, man, I want you to hunt this tournament with me. I said, all right, what do I got to do? He said, you need to buy you a lot, a, a bright lot. He said, we're hunting restricted division, and we cannot use thermals or night vision. We have to use lights. I said, okay, cool. So we go out this first night, and I'm a pretty high-strung individual. I can stay stay up with the best of them. And uh, after listening to him blow that damn rabbit call for, for 14 hours or however long he blowed it that night, we were in – I thought, this, this is craziness. We didn't kill anything that night. Shine flashlights all over hell. My eyes was bugging out of my head, and I thought, this is craziness. So we wound up going day hunting the next day and killed a double right at daylight. And I'm like, all right, now we're getting somewhere on this. And we hunted all day, wound up killing two more and got four. And we show up to this tournament, hunted that night with lights again, didn't kill nothing. And we show up to this tournament, and I'll never forget this. And I don't know if you boys know them or not, but um, Benton Bowman and Kyle Crickenberger, they were they were pro staff for Fox Pro. We met them on, on the road where the parking was or where the weigh-in was for this tournament, and they had a Tahoe. And I can send you the picture, Nate. It was piled the front of it, slap full of coyotes, and a roof rack slap full of coyotes. And I thought, we got four in the back of the truck. We thought we was doing good, so we thought we was on it. And these boys show up with 28 coyotes. And at the time, there was nobody around killing that many coyotes. I mean, they just didn't, it wasn't on the Internet. It wasn't happening. It wasn't popular. And so we go in, and they, of course, win the night division, and they get to counting off the dogs of who's in the day division. And I'd be damned if we didn't win it with four coyotes. So we won the, the Georgia Coyote Predator Hunting Association uh, yeah. tournament down there. So it kind of locked me in and made me want to do it more. And we went and we, I, bought the, I bought a Tony Tebbs or Tony Tebbs, however that you say his name. I bought a light kit that he made and strapped it on my gun, put together an AR, had this big grand scheme. I was going to kill a bunch of coyotes. And, I think I wound up shooting four with that thing and probably a year worth of hunting. Just lights stuck. I mean, they just, I don't see how anybody does it with them. And that, w- that kind of what... started. Have you ever watched, was it Chris? What's Chris's last name? The Night Crew. We had him on last year. I know you're talking about it. I don't know his well, last if you name. Ever, if you ever get name. on and watch The Night Crew, his name's Chris, and I can't remember his last name off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. They, they hunt with lights. I know you're talking about. They hunt with lights and they just kill the straight. And they killers. lay down some awesome footage. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, and they hunt with white light, which is even right. cooler. But anyway, I digress. Keep going. Sorry. No, I mean it was it was that whole mentality of hunting with lights that infatuated with me getting out in the dark because I wanted to do it and it was just something cool to do. And 
So then we screwed up and went with these boys that had some night vision and, and dude, that stuff was awesome. Hell, you could see in these big fields, you could see all the way across them had big illuminators on them. And if y'all have used night vision, you know, once you get to the wood line, you're done. You can't see nothing past right, that. Right. And bought an ATN, uh, whatever it was. I don't even know what kind of night vision scope it was. The batteries had burned up. I'd spend $200 in batteries for a weekend hunt and didn't kill anything with it. It sucked. I mean, I thought this is, this is killing me. Then I went with some boys that had some thermals and that was all she wrote. It was game <laughs> over for a while. I, said, I waited a while. I waited about a year before I actually bought a thermal. Cody and a friend of ours, uh, his name's Cody too, had thermals and they had bought them and was running them and I'd go with them and scan. And they were the original Pulsar trail that mm-hmm. came out, which was at the time, the top of the mark for, for, you know, that, three to four thousand dollar range scope it was about as as good as you could get there was pulsar and then you had fleer and of course you had trigicon was the next one up and that was it that was the only scopes on the market and i i talked myself into it worked busted a few pieces of firewood or sold some junk or whatever i had and i bought me a scope and i bought a pulsar trail and and from there we started uh, we missed a bunch of coyotes, I can tell you that, with lots. So we didn't see jack crap with lots because we went out first night. We was thumping on them, I mean, hard. And that's where it began. I mean, that was the, the, the train that led me to the path I'm on today. And, of course, I'm running a whole different setup, a whole different set of scopes. But those old Pulsar, Pulsar trails were, were the, the, the golden ticket for us. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's a similar story for us except for the whole – we we just went right off the deep end into thermals. I don't even. Well, think. we had we had Russell. Yeah, yeah, we you had know, a brother-in-law. Russell. He, when did he buy his first one? So Russell has, and I don't an, even an undisclosed date in the yeah, future, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or in the past. I mean, right. So um, he, I know. So his newest thermal, he has two. He has an ATN Thor four, but before that, he has one of the original. Um, what would you call it? thermals that came out i don't even the brand they don't exist anymore it's like a military yeah um, thing. and it, when you look through it it kind of almost looks like you're looking through like a fishbowl it's it's super mm-hmm. clear in the middle and then it gets kind of uh, almost like hazy. a fish eye yeah, yeah as, as you're going out and i remember he spent i will not i will not disclose this amount so that he's not embarrassed but he spent a lot of money on that thermal back then but that was at least he, yeah he had that way before way before it was like real popular yeah and uh well when when the season became legal in Missouri yeah he was ready we went out <laughs> yeah. and oh man it was just like this is awesome so i think even between the three of us we talked about do we want to just buy some lights you know we want to try to you know cuz you can get into it a lot cheaper with lights i mean mm-hmm. you're you're talking 200 bucks yeah, jumping up to three grand, four grand. You know, there's a big difference. That's right. There. Yeah, and uh, we didn't. Uh, Andy and I have spent a. Well, we don't want to. I don't want to say too loud because my wife's upstairs. I've never been known to half-ass anything. <laughs> uh, Micah luckily has still not spent anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've just been mooching. Micah's the smart one of all of us. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, it's it's just been. I mean, it's it's crazy. What what do you love so much about hunting with a thermal? Well, Larry, there's there's nothing hiding from you. You're not you're not wondering, you know, is that a coyote or is that a fox or is that a house dog or is that a coon or you know, you see light eyes with lights and 
with that thermal, it just, it opens up the door for you to be able to see so much more and you're so much more efficient and effective with a thermal than you ever are going to be with a light. I mean, those guys online that are doing it that we talked about earlier, hats off to them because they are doing something special and they do lay down some amazing footage, but uh, you could teach me any way you wanted to and I wouldn't go back to a lot. The biggest thing for me is we hunt a lot of cattle pastures. And I mean a lot. Most everything we hunt is cattle pastures. And to be able to walk up to a farmer and say, hey, do you mind if I come out and coyote hunt your property? Well, I had a guy, you know, they always say this. Well, I had a guy a few years ago shoot a cow in my pasture. I really don't want you hunting at night. You can't tell the difference. Pull out that cell phone. You show him a video and you see me post stuff online of cows and there's a cow there and you got a coyote. He's like, well, maybe you can tell the difference. And you being able to show them that and share that with, with them has opened up so many more doors for us to be able to hunt so many more properties. And that's a big thing for me. Yeah. I think it's one of our buddies, I think, says, you know, and if I do accidentally shoot a cow, I just bought a cow. You know, just bought, right. a, just bought a whole beef. Yeah. <laughs> uh, still gonna, probably going to lose that land. Going to lose that spot. <laughs> yeah. But, hey, you know. Probably going to lose that spot, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and that's – uh. For I think for us, and I, I'm sure it's part of this for you, I don't even try to compare because people always ask us what's more fun, day or night, right? It's a different you ball know, games. They're so different. It's almost not like – it's almost like you're not even hunting coyotes. You know, both ways you are, but it's almost like a totally different sport, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Right. Day hunting a coyote is so different from night hunting them with thermals especially, that I don't even know how to really compare the two. I feel like day hunting, you're tricking them. You're on their level. It's more of an even playing field. Night hunting, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm the freaking boogeyman. Like, I, like I got your ass now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah cause, I mean, well, don't get me wrong. I'll, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say, you know, night hunt, day, day hunting, 99% of the time you're calling those coyotes in. Night hunting – if you wanted to, you could just be sneaky, sneaky, and go out there and you know pop a few without even bringing the call out of the truck. If you if you oh, wanted yeah. to, if you had the right yeah. spot, I mean we we've run yeah. into it at uh, one of the places I have. I mean, if you wanted to, you could just walk out in the field and and see them. You don't even have to bring the call. So I mean, it's just uh, it's different, a lot different. Yeah. I still love day hunting, and I say that, and I don't do it much anymore. But I love going out and throwing that rabbit out there and letting it and having a decoy and you watch that dog pop out of the woods at three four five hundred yards and comes blowing across that field to me there's there's an excitement level there that's just not there at night now don't get me wrong i haven't day hunted and i don't know how long because we can hunt all night but being able to watch that dog work in it's kind of like bow hunting and rifle hunting you know you're watching a deer from a long way away generally work in with a bow or if you're lucky enough to get one to surprise you where you ain't got to watch it you don't worry about that but there's something about that day hunting and the boys that's real successful with it y'all had big al on you watched john collins we watch heath baker you know these boys they do some amazing stuff during the day absolutely and, and a lot of that has to do with their mindset on providing quality entertainment for who they're out there with 
And I think they'd be just as successful at night, but I don't think they'd have as much fun. Right. No, right. I agree. And and just like you were saying, I mean, night, it's just a different game. Yeah. I mean, I think one, who, which one of you said it's like a video game? I, I usually say that. Yeah. But it, and it is, but like day to night, day hunting, to me, it kind of, I guess there's more nerves involved. Like you have to worry about more things, I more think. More tactical. More tactical. You got to... You, well, you always got to watch your wind, but you got to watch your movement a lot more. You can't be as mobile. You know, you got to be careful. So night hunting, you can get away with a lot more. I mean, yeah, you and I picked up and moved 200 yards right at coyotes. Yeah, right couple. at them. So and <laughs> you don't, you're never going to do that during the day when they're, they're out, you out know. playing in a field or whatever, you know, you, yeah. you can't move at all. Yeah. But um, the biggest, the biggest thing for me with night hunting came about after my son was born and i was fishing a lot so my son was born and i fished i was fishing five five days a week i mean and my wife is a saint she has supported me in anything i've wanted to do in the outdoors and always has and i pray to god she always does or we're probably gonna be divorced (laughs) but i was fishing just about every day and and for the first time ever she came to me and she said look she said i know you're enjoying yourself fishing and everything you're wearing them out catching the biggest bass of your life right now but something's got to give i need you at home you know you got a kid now and and i i mean it kind of slapped me in the face and i thought you know i'm being selfish with this boat i'm fishing all the time so i wound up selling my boat and uh i looked at coyote hunting as a way they're going to bed i ain't going to bed you know, I'm going to sit here and watch TV. Why not go kill some cows, you know, and kill kicks my ass at work the next day. But the opportunity to be able to do that was, was totally different. Isn't, isn't that nice? That's what I love about it is I don't get in trouble for night hunting because right. yeah. she's in, she is a early go into bed type of person. She's in bed by like nine 30 most nights at the very mm-hmm. latest. And I'm a night owl. So I'm going to be up till midnight at least anyways. Well, why not? go hunting <laughs> you know and um now here's the interesting thing and i think we're starting to see this this year but what i want to ask alex because they've been hunting them you know for how many years in georgia now i feel like our first year in missouri it was just no holds yeah. bar easy pickings those coyotes were dumber than shit just they'd run to the tip of your gun last year mm-hmm. we, we saw a few instances where they circled us or were a little smarter. And now this year, it almost is reminding me of day hunting a little bit where they're just as smart or they're acting this almost the same way they would during the day as they are, or they're doing it at night the same as they would during the day. What have you noticed with um, educated dogs when it comes to night hunting? Do you feel like over the years they're getting smarter? And do you feel like if you screw up a dog at night, you are in big, big trouble? Uh, compared to if you screwed a dog up during the day, you might be able to get at him at night. What have you noticed over the years just when you started doing it out there? When we first started going, you could pretty much bet we was going to kill something every night. Uh, and that was back in, you know, 16, 17. And we would go and we would have great success. They'd come run into anything we could play. I think of an Alan Jackson song on the radio and <laughs> they'd come running in. It seemed like, I mean, we was just lucky uh, in that regard. Kyle hunting has become one of the fastest growing industries in the outdoor space that has come on in the last several years. It's become affordable. 
somewhat. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's become, but it's become a social media craze where everybody and their brother wants to run out and spend three or four grand and buy a thermal. They can buy a good call. They can watch it on YouTube. None of this stuff was out back then. So now you've got this whole social media space of people putting it out there for others to see. Now, with it, when we first started hunting, we were we weren't playing vocals. I never, I didn't play any vocals. We might play a howl here and there. We might have a, uh, it was just, but it was rabbits, rabbits, rabbits. You know, that's all we knew. We live in Georgia. Let's play a cottontail, and we would kill with it. Then it started getting where you, well, they ain't coming in, they ain't coming in, or they're hanging up at four or five hundred yards, and they're just not breaking that that field wide open like they had before. Educated coyotes became a problem, and they're still a problem here because you're battling everybody else in the dark that may not be educated on what to play, and that's the problem for us. You got guys that are going out and playing a rabbit or playing four or five howls or staying on a stand for an hour or they're playing everything in the songbook. They're educating, and that's all they're doing. So then it makes it harder for the guys that might go out and kill a coyote every trip or every other trip to call in those quick ones and so we've had to adapt and change and and learn new tactics and i got some i got some shout outs i'll tell you there's some secrets that we've learned if you want me to or you don't yeah, whatever that I can all the secrets you got for us. Proceed. <laughs> yeah let's hear them do we need to stop the recording so, <laughs> no 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 i mean i posted all over social media about what we're doing different i mean we and, and let me preface this with saying we probably miss as many coyotes as we kill mm-hmm. at night i'm i got some good old boys that hunt with me that are like me they ain't probably ain't the best shot in the world they can get it done and if it stops we're pretty good we killed them on the run we got lucky and knocked them down but we killed 50 coyotes last year and and that number we hit it right in the middle of december and i guarantee you we missed 40 or 50 more i mean that just yeah. we just ain't that good a shot and i'm sorry to say it or i'm not afraid to admit it that i ain't that good a shot 200 yards and in it's dead i feel like if it's standing still they come in running they come in getting so we've stopped shooting at them at every instance we get a dog that comes running in they don't give us a good shot we pass on him we let him go on we'll come back another night Mm -hmm. kill him and we've done that so many times Whereas before, if it was at 400 yards standing still, we'd send it. You know, hey, everybody get on it. Let's count down. Let's bust at it. <laughs> it runs it. away. Yeah. Yeah, and we've sent them. I mean, that we've done that a bunch in the past. But we don't do it anymore. We've stopped doing that. And we've stopped playing things that everybody else wants to play. What's the most popular game call on the market, in your opinion, as far as electronic e-callers? Probably I'd say Fox, Fox Pro. Pro. All right. Who's Fox Pro just partnered with? MFK. All right. So what's everybody and their brother out there playing? MFK howls. They're playing. They're playing Little Boo They're playing all these these sounds and stuff that every coyote in North Georgia has now heard. Because I can promise you, all I got to do is tag a picture on Facebook or Instagram, and they're saying, well, "Alex is running that Fox Pro again. Alex is running those MFK calls." And Alex, which ain't because they do either. sound badass. So that <laughs> they do. Yeah, hundred percent. They do. I mean. It, I started researching and trying to find somebody different that had some calls that I'd never heard of. And, and I stumbled across James Bostock. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. He owns Boss Predator Acoustics. And James and I spent a lot of time on the phone together discussing different calling tactics. James is one of these guys. He worked for, I think, um, he worked for, oh, what's the computer manufacturer? M something. Microsoft. 
Yeah. Uh, and he was a programmer for them, and he comes out and wants to start killing more coyotes. Well, James was using an old thermal scanner that you held in your hand. It was as big as a, you know, it was this big. And for anybody that can't see, it was as big as a phone book. And it, when he started, he started developing coyote sounds. James has got a library of sounds that I can promise you 99% of the coyote hunters. Now, they may listen to the show, run his tab up and buy everything he's got. But he's got some sounds out there that, to me, are, are they're killers. And when I started using those sounds as opposed to using what everybody else is using, I feel like we've been able to be more successful in breaking that plane and getting those dogs to break that three, 400 yard mark and come on in. Yeah. I think I'm a one percenter. Say what? You I got have, his stuff? I have him. You know, I, I think the biggest thing too. I'll let you cat out of the bag, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. The biggest thing too is, whether you you know you're running Fox Pro's uh, basic sounds, you got MFK, you've got you know I got Tony Tebby stuff on mine. I got uh, um, Predator Tactics. I got yeah PT stuff, or you got a Lucky Duck and you know Rick Paulette. It don't matter, or an Ico Tech. Um, the biggest thing is be flexible to change. You know if things aren't working. I think we're all doing it. I mean, I've got hundreds of sounds in my in my different calls. I own a Lucky Duck. I own mm-hmm. a Fox Pro. I got hundreds of sounds, or thousands probably, in between those two. And you always end up finding yourself going, yes. I'm, I'm going to use uh, Suki, you know, Suk one female. I'm going to use. I find the ones that I think sound good. Good, yep. And I beat these shit out of them until they don't work anymore. And then I throw my hands up. Why don't they work? Until I get one to work. I'm like, oh, that's the one. And I run it till it don't work no more. I just, I'll, I'll beat a dead horse till I can't beat it no more. Yeah. Well, and I heard Big Al talking about it on your show that, that he used the same sequence all over the country and those same sounds. And and I, I took a lot away from that show. I mean, that was a great, you know, information basis. Uh, but I can tell you, you come to Georgia and you come to North Georgia and you play the same sounds over and over and over again, you ain't going to kill shit. And I don't care what I've, I've had. Heath, we had Heath Baker come down here and hunt a night with us. And Heath is probably one of the best coyote hunters in the country right now. I like Heath. He's been a damn good friend of ours. He's a damn good coyote hunter. And, and I've talked to him a lot about hunting. But we've had the best of the best come down here. And it, they're different. They are, they're not as plentiful. The Midwest has got way more coyotes. I've mm-hmm. seen it. You, you've got less ground. And you've got way more hills and hollers here that they can get in and hide. And those mountain, these these eastern, southeastern coyotes especially, they're just hard to fool because, like y'all said, y'all are beneficial in having the wind. The wind blows out of the east in Missouri or it blows out of the west. We might have a northeast wind when we get to the stand, and by the time we leave, it's blowing due out of the south, and <laughs> it just changes constantly, it's, and it's a bowl. I mean, it's it's yeah. just a big circle that we're – because we're in hollers. We're trying to hunt down in bowls and stuff. So. Yeah. The wind plays a big factor for us in that regard, and I, you, you still find a way to kill them. And, and generally, we have learned from people like listening to that show that y'all did, or we listen to John Collins on what you do and doing those different things. That porcupine, I wish he hadn't said anything about that on y'all's show because that son of a gun's been in my bag of trick for a minute. Well, and I, I remember—I don't remember who we talked to. Um, Actually, it might have been Heath last year when he was on, he was on his, our show, but he talked about like a a fox in distress, 
And I even remember what what was the oh a, a house cat in distress. Mm-hmm. I remember when I first got my Fox Pro. I'm o, I'm <laughs> OCD. I'm OCD. So I would go. I went through and I and I categorized my Fox Pro sounds as I wanted them to see in my computer. Right. So I I did them a certain way. And I'm going through and I'm like, why the hell do they have a house cat sound? So I deleted it. Why the hell do they got this? And I deleted it. And then I think it, it was either Heath or, or whoever it was was like. I'll use a, a barn cat in distress, and I'm like, son of a bitch, I gotta go put it back on, <laughs> on my call. But yeah, it's just something that's different that um, might perk their, like, what in the hell is that? And all they gotta do is step out or, or start, and you just gotta get their curiosity going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they might not be hungry. Curiosity or kills 99 percent of coyotes out there. You're 100 percent right. On yeah, that. I, th- I think you're right. So I got I got another one for you on educated dogs. Do you feel like a dog is more educated when you booger them at night compared to if you booger them during the day or vice versa? It's so hard for me to put that in comparison because I don't daytime hunt anymore. You know, we've, we've done so little of it over the years, but I think a coyote's like a deer and in, in all animals, they're, they're constantly thinking, all right, something's trying to eat me or kill me. And if I walk into a field and bust a, a, a coyote or a rabbit or a big buck out of that field, he remembers that field and me being there. Now, he might forget when the rut's on or he's chasing a piece of tail or whatever, and he don't think that hard about it. But in the back of my mind, I always try to think, all right, I came in from the east and set up on these dogs, and they came in downwind behind me, circled, and I saw them there. I don't need to come back to this particular spot and try to call again. I need to move a little bit. I need to change it up and go somewhere different and move to the other side of the field or whatever. And for us, we, we don't have as good an egress into certain fields, so we kind of got to get creative with that. And one thing we've started doing is, is trying to, to run, you know, different sounds, but not throw out what we've always played and what we know works. Just because I've been to that field and I've played, you know, a kaya and I've called in coats don't mean – if one got away, he ain't going to come running into that kayak next time. I don't, I think they forget a little bit of that. And I'm at the opinion too, that coyotes don't necessarily hear, you know, they don't know, well, that's the boo sound you played last time I was here. I'm not coming into that. I think it's, and you hit the nail on the head when you said curiosity. And if you peak that curiosity at the right moment, they're out hunting and they hear a rabbit, they're coming. But if they're sitting over with a mate next to a pine tree, you know, waiting to come out and do a little scourging around, they hear another coat, they're going to come running. But they may not be gorged on a deer. They may be gorged on rabbits, and they don't want to eat right then. So it's it's the 3F theory. Mm-hmm. It's it's food, fighting, or frigging. And that 3F theory you can say fucking. <laughs> it's all right. You can say fucking. <laughs> but it's those things that are going to be the that, that kill them every time. One of those three things. So I think you get to a stand, and, and I always end it with pup distress, like they say. And I've even started starting with pup distress. Why do I want to stand there for 30 minutes and call and then call them in on a, a pup distress three? Hell, let's roll in hot, get one killed, <laughs> go to the next field. <laughs> Yeah, that's what we did last tournament. Yeah, yeah, that's how we killed that second one. Big I've, Al, I've done it before. Uh, when we had Big Al, he said it perfectly. We don't give sometimes we don't give coyotes enough credit, and sometimes we give them way too much credit. You know, we yeah. we think they're so smart and so you know when 
they might there really aren't but and other times you know we're a little we're a little lazy and you know we get caught because they're not as dumb as we think we are too but in the end they are a dog you know they even the smartest dogs in the world aren't going to remember stuff for 10 years you know they, they they'll forget and they'll move on but um i was well, curious what prime example of calling in places that are pressured was we went to a place the other night that we've called hell hundreds of times and i mean that might sound crazy to somebody that's got tens of thousands of acres but when you only got 30 spots to hunt you know you're gonna run through them pretty quick yep we went to this spot and we had played lucky bird probably 30 times we'd been there and that's one of my favorite go-to's either a woodpecker in distress or a blue jay something light and low and we roll up to this field throw lucky bird on 20 seconds later we got a dog standing at 100 yards looking like what's going on you know hey i ain't heard that before and reality he's probably heard it you know 100 times out there we killed that dog and went to the next spot and next spot and next spot of course guess what did i played lucky bird did i call anything in no nope. and so i'm thinking you know shit i got a pattern here you know and for me it was it's about just trying things different and Hell, I like to snack, boys. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. I weigh 160 pounds. I'm six foot two. I, I'm not that big of a guy, so I got to eat pretty often. I got a lot of nothing in reserve. So I want to get off that stand and get back to a Snickers bar or in the car and drink a Mountain Dew. And so I'm not standing out there all night. I want to go and move and shake and go. And do, that's just what I like to do. I like to run and gun. So, so your set, like your night sets, you probably doing the, doing around 30 minutes or so and getting out of there. If I'm there 30 minutes, something has went bad wrong. Really? Okay. <laughs> I mean, we're usually we're usually out of a spot within 20 minutes tops. I mean, if I'm if I'm calling more than because generally speaking, we're going to kill that coyote in the first five minutes. That's just us. And if we don't, I go into what y'all talked about before. I get in my head. Well, I ain't calling good. I'm not worth the shit with this caller. I'm ready to throw it across the hill. Yada yada yada. So it's best for me to get in the truck and go somewhere else before I educate them. <laughs> no, that makes sense. <laughs> See, I'm just hitting everything. I, I was listening to – it was Eastman's. I was listening to them. They were talking about contest and how they do it. And uh, I, I forget the guy that he had on. But uh, he would do his sets eight minutes. Eight minutes and he's gone. To me, that's just like – Super fast because we've definitely I've killed we've killed a lot of dogs in that fifteen to twenty minute mark, so I have yeah. a hard time during the day during the day. Yeah. And but uh, and heck, we've killed. How long was it? How we were out the other night? How long did it take for that one to finally come in? Oh, at the second spot, it was over twenty. Yeah, over eh, twenty. I don't know. I was going pretty fast. Well, I guess it was the fourth sound I used, but we also fucked around a lot before that trying to get set sure. up. But. Yeah. But I mean, it's <laughs> a lot too. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I guess I could say, I just don't have a problem waiting up to 30, but past 30. Yeah. I'm like, okay, let's, let's do something different. You know, are you sitting or standing at night? Standing. standing. So are you sitting or standing during the day? Uh, well, mix. We're mix. mixing. Yeah, we really? actually we actually started. We've been the last few turns we've been in. We've been with uh, with a new guy that uh, we've been hunting with, and he he's a stander. And so I was like, I'll, I'll some, run with some you. of the time because yeah, I so, think before yeah. this year he's primarily night hunter. He yeah. is a yeah. primary night hunter. So, so we I mean, sit during the day, stand at night for sure. Right. Yeah. If I, I can s- get away with standing, I'll stand. If there's a good tree that hey that'll be comfortable for the next fifteen twenty minutes, I'll sit. 
it just depends on the situation. But if I can tuck in, you know, next to a cedar or something like that, I don't have a problem standing mm-hmm. up. But at night, I can't tell you if I've ever sat one time. I don't think I've ever sat. I don't think I night. ever have. Yeah, it's always been maybe sad. once on a fence row when there's no cover around. I had to get maybe. behind a fence supposed for us. That'd be it. I mean, then we stand, and and I think that's a big difference for me. You're standing there, your legs are getting restless, you wanting to move, and we were talking about killing them at long times. And I think that's something that we're going to have to transition into now that we're hunting heavily pressured coyotes. And we're going to have to play with them a little bit more play with that silence feature, you know, stop calling, call how once shut up for 10 minutes, wait and see if anything pops out or when they answer, I'm terrible about this. I'll want to answer back, you know, Hey, I'm here. Well, he already knows exactly where I'm at. Dummy. You ain't got to call again. And that's something I got to get in my head. Don't try to answer them. Call once. And then let curiosity play itself out. Wait 10, 15 minutes and, and let that pressure dog that's been called to a bunch of times come on in. What did Big Al say last – I mean, with us last week, that's, you know, when um, oh, Will Primos took him turkey hunting. Silence. Yeah. Silence is what's killing them. You know, if they're sitting there talking it was, to you. It was Eddie Salter. It was Eddie Salter, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> he's like, if they're sitting there talking to you, they're not moving to you. You know, yeah. so – and I think Al kind of uses that in coyote hunting. If 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 it's quiet, they they could be on their way in. Uh, I went last night and screwed it up for myself. I go? had them going wild. I mean, I had four different packs I could hear, multiple coyotes in different directions. They started out spread out, and I eventually they kept coming closer and closer. And I was I was kind of slow playing them for a little bit. Well, then they really kind of ticked me off, and then I was answering with like single coyote howls back and forth one challenge i challenge him back with a single coyote well he just would not break the the hill the crest i mean they were just over the crest of this hill to where i couldn't see them they wouldn't break that and come into the field i was in and they're probably they're probably 250 yards over this hill and i need him to come another 100 yards so i got real aggressive and i went to a group challenge never heard him again yeah. so i went from that single coyote and i was i was just slow playing it i wasn't being real aggressive with it and I just threw the brick at him, got real aggressive, and I think they went, "Oh, screw that, I'm gone." Right? They're, I mean, pieced out on me. It's kind of like they're picking on the one kid at school, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden that one kid's friends all showed up, and they were like, "Oh, we're we're done, yeah. we're done." Yeah. But he was he was getting frustrated because he would not break that gap. So I was like, "I want to do something different." And I think if I just shut up and waited about ten minutes, he would have slipped up there. But I, I I wanted him now, and I lost patience. We've all done it. And I, mean, I think that's, you know, we've done it. I mean, we blow out the hail. I can't tell you the number of coyote stands I've blowed out doing that exact same thing. And it's it's something that, you know, you're always constantly learning. And they talk about that all the time. You're learning new things. And I try to keep tabs on what I've played, what I've killed on more than anything else. And you know, I, Lucky Bird, I've killed more coyotes on than I at any other sound. There's no doubt about it. That's the one sound that I'm going to play if I need something that I – if I'm on fresh ground, it's the first thing I'm playing. I ain't howling. I ain't playing nothing else. It's the sound I'm playing. If I ain't on fresh ground, I may not ever play it at all. But for me, those finding those sounds that nobody else is going to play. Lightning Jack, that's loud, and it'll rip, and it'll get them drug in from a lot. I mean, I've called coyotes in five, 600 yards and see them run all the way to the call. And, and that's a good one to play if you've got a long way to see. Fortunately or unfortunately for us, 300 yards might be a, a long field for us to be in down here. Yeah. That's, well, that, that can be the same. I mean, we uh, might be able to get be, into yeah. that 500-yard range or whatnot. Or The other night we had them 
we had them bedded down at 800 yards, you know, and they just wouldn't yeah. come in. But uh, that's few and far between whenever yeah. we're in that situation. Well, and that's another thing when, uh, Alex, you were talking about how long you set. Sounds like you call, you know, haulers or, you know, so let's say you're calling a single hauler. Well, if you don't have coyotes within the first, like, let's say 15 minutes, they're they're just probably not there. Uh, if you haven't heard nothing, or they're seen not coming, it, or they're not coming. Whereas you know, sometimes not all the time, but sometimes we're calling. You know, we got a ditch over here, we got a hauler here, we got a patch of timber right here. We're not just calling one little spot. You might be calling a hundred acre area. Yeah, right. you might. Yeah, and so we might be able to get them from a little further away because we can get that sound out a little further than maybe just mm-hmm. you know one. Now we do have you know like we got the river bluffs where we're at and they can get pretty yeah. nasty and. You know, not all of our spots are flat, but then we do have some flat spots where you can kind of reach out there and, and take a little longer. So, I mean, I think it's just all in where you're hunting, too, is how long you're setting for, um, yeah. you know, sometimes, too. But Yeah, for me, it's about, you know, you, you got to try a little bit of everything wherever you go. And if you find something that works repetitively, we're going to use it in this time of year. Of course, we're playing more uh, vocals and staying away from distress and as it tapers off into the end of first of March, I'm gonna I'm gonna be back in Illinois probably the first of March hunting, and by then it'll probably be over with for for house and stuff. It was last year, you know, and we were there. We didn't call in. We called in twenty two coyotes to within five hundred yards, and they were just hanging up, would not break. We wound up killing one the whole time we were there, and three nights of hunting, we called in twenty two coyotes. We shot one. Now. I, I didn't shoot it any more than that, so it wasn't missing. It was just hanging up. Mm-hmm. Difference in some of these guys that are running, you know, your higher end thermal scopes, and they're running two and three thousand dollar DNA firearms that they can reach out six, seven hundred yards and shoot. I can't, and I know there's no point in me shooting at them because I'm just wasting bullets and I'm educating coyotes. So I don't do that. But these high end coyote hunters that are doing it at night and doing it successfully, they're shooting them a long way a lot of times, and they can. They can talk all the game they want about calling these coyotes in. I've been with enough of them to see it's at four or 500 yards and they're dropping it. Well, there's a difference in me and them. I can't shoot that far and they can't. Right. Do you feel like if you do call in a coyote, because you were talking about you're passing some if you don't get a good shot. If you're calling in coyotes and never firing around and they decide on their own, hey, I'm gone and something's not quite right, do you feel those coyotes are – are still educated or is it do you feel that they you have a good chance to call them back in a later day based on what we've seen here if i call in a coyote and i see it but i don't kill it i'm not gonna go back to that spot for at least a month i'm gonna try to let it lay i'm gonna try to hunt somewhere else and that may be a little long but i i think coyotes here have such a big range i mean i've i've heard the you know very territorial coyotes that's not the case here, I don't feel like, because there's not enough sustainable resource, rabbits, food of any kind, to hold them in an area. They may den up in a spot, but they may have a den five miles from, from here at another place. I feel like, and I, I, I base that solely on the fact that I don't hear a coyote every single night off my back porch. Yeah. But every week, one day a week, I'm going to hear those coyotes. So they're on their cycle, and they come back around. So if I've called them on that cycle, and they didn't come, I'm going to wait at least two weeks and I'm going to try to call them when I catch them on that next cycle. So 
educated maybe a little bit but i feel like if i don't shoot and scare the hell out of them and we shoot suppressed so i don't know how you guys are if y'all run same. suppressors or not yep. so that helps us out a lot yep. same. you know and i think that's the big thing if you can run a suppressor they can't in illinois communist state of chicago or whatever you want to call it holy shit it's, they can't do that see i almost feel i almost feel like it should be a, a almost a rule that if you're hunting dogs at night you should be suppressed yeah, I mean, absolutely. even during the day, and I'm not saying I want no laws passed, but um, it's just, you know, you feel, because when we first started, you know, hunting at night, we didn't have suppressors yet, and you'd go out there and you'd blast a few rounds at a dog, and you'd felt like you just woke up the entire You're county. You're like, I got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we got to go, boys. The you police are on the way. You yeah. weren't doing anything illegal, yeah. but it was just like, you were like, holy hell, somebody's calling 911 right now, yeah. you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, hundred percent. And that's, I've had my eardrums busted so many times with Cody hunting them down. He shoots a 22, 250, and that must be the loudest gun that was ever made next to a 204. And when I started running a suppressor, I told him, I was like, you can either buy one or we ain't hunting together. I'm sorry. I ain't having my eardrums <laughs> no more. I'm done. <laughs> yep. I'm with you. So no, you're going to be in Illinois in March. Mm-hmm. You know what state borders Illinois, right? Missouri. And our night season runs till the end of March. So I'm just saying, when you're up in Illinois, you might need to find a way just to come a little west and hunt with us for a, a day or two. Depending kind on where of, Kind of make a trip up through St. Louis. Yep. You're right right we're, down I-70. We're, here, only, we're only about three hours from St. Louis. Yeah. So not too far. Just saying. Just well, saying. Hey, there's, always, there's always a possibility, boys. And, and, and I'm, of the, I, I'm of the game now where I love to go with people that – not necessarily have never been. I want to hunt with the same group, especially after what happened recently with that hog hunter getting seven six two through the back. I don't know Ooh. if you guys saw that or not. I heard I about that. Yeah, the guy shot him. Dude, his butt went with a new guy, and he, he swung on a hog and pops a, a seven Ooh, six two through his shoulder and blows his whole shoulder and actually shot him in the leg, too, on the way down, pulled the trigger. and This dude shot twice. So I'm real careful about who I go with. It's an uneasy feeling you're walking out there to put that call out, and you've got three guys (laughs) standing behind you you don't know with a damn thermal pointed right at your back. I mean, it's just keeping that that, that consistency with people you know to go with. I'm going to need to take the bolt out of Micah's gun next time we go. The bolt? He might do it on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's called murder, brother. (laughs) You keep beating us at tournaments. Am I at least going to slash a tire or something? All right. But I'll call. I like running the call. And when I take those new guys to running the call, that's the funnest thing to me. I've got a scanner, so I'm scanning, you know, and I've got my gun there. And if I can call it at 12 o'clock and see it's coming in, I'll say, you know, one of these new guys, let them get a shot at it and talk yeah. them through it and let them get one killed. Don't shoot yet. Let it come on in because it stops at 200. They're going to squeeze off, and I'm like, wait. Just wait. Let's get it right here in our face where you can just dust him at, you know, 80 yards because it's coming. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you. That's It's a hard thing to do. <laughs> so let's get – what what setups are you running right now? So speaking of – you just said scanner. What? Yeah. That's what I wanted to ask. Yeah. You just said scanner, so let's talk yeah. about your gear. Let's go. Let's go equipment. Um, what What do you like to use for a scanner, and then we'll move on to other stuff from there. So I run a Bearing Optics uh, Phenom three eighty four. Um, it's a, a great scanner. It's got long battery life. I've, I get six eight hours, and I've got an external battery pack from uh, Coyote Cords. I run on it. I can run that scanner all night, no problem. Um, and it's a, a great resolution. 
I have no issues picking up dogs with it. It's got a, a big objective on it. So it's, it gives me the ability to stay off that gun. And I'll tell you boys, if I had to go back to swinging on that ball head all the time, and I don't run a ball head anymore, but if I had to go back to standing there looking with a gun, I'd quit because my back can't take it. I mean, it just yeah. used to kill me and wear me out. So are you, uh, what base mag is that scanner? I want to say it's a two five. Okay. So that's, um, me and Andy actually just bought the same, uh, scanner, I guess you'd call it. It's, yeah. it's actually a, it can be a scanner. A it can be a standalone site and it can also be uh, mounted on a helmet. Mount. And the biggest thing I'm getting used it's to. It's an AGM? No, it's an IRA, IRA. micro. IRA. Oh, boy. Damn, and, I bought a good one. <laughs> well, we, we bought the 384 version. Yeah. Um, and the biggest thing I've noticed getting used to is my uh, thermal is an IRA Rico MK1. And mm-hmm. it's a four times base mag. What is your Pulsar base mag? My Pulsar trail is the as a three. Okay, so a four and a three base mag. Yeah. Well, our scanners are a one base mag in handheld mode. So when you go from one and you zoom to two, you you degrade mm-hmm. your picture. And then when you zoom to four, four, you degrade your picture even more. And when you get to four, you're the most degraded you would be. And at four, that's the base mag of my my right. scope. So, so that's depth the, perception is going to be way off. Yeah, like the, the biggest thing getting used to is... You know, like I can see a coyote at 800 yards in a field or 600, 800 yards in a field. But when I zoom in, I can't tell for sure it's a coyote. I know it is. But, you know, until he gets a little closer with that scanner, well, with that, with the actual scope itself, it's it's a no-brainer. It's like, yep, that, that's what it is. It's just so much easier to even – I'm going to put it on a helmet, but right now I've just handheld. So it's just so much nicer just, you know, going like this. But, uh, and I know, I know your answer on the next one because you put me on to the thermal that you're using and I, I didn't listen to you and I bought something different, but what thermal do you run? So I run a super hogster now. Um, and it's, it's probably the, the best scope that I've ever had uh, as far as the the money goes. Um, it's a $3,000, you know, thermal scan scope it's a 384 um 12 micron and it it runs all night i mean i have no i got rid of the one two three batteries put extended battery cap on there from dark night outdoors and um bill and i worked very closely on what i was going to go with um iray actually makes the the glass or the the processors inside of the bearing optic scopes hmm. what i found in the other ones that were available at the time which the rico wasn't but I could go with an AGM. I could have went with a Pulsar. The battery life and the and the the durability of that bearing scope was was way above anything I could ever ask for it to be for the month. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a lot more higher dollar scopes out there. Is sure. it going to help me kill any more coyotes? Probably not because I ain't shooting that far, you know. But that scope has been it holds zero. I can move it from gun to gun without any issues. I've had absolutely no problems with, with the nuking. It's got auto nuke on it. Um, I've had no issues with the picture in picture. A lot of people don't like picture in picture because it's degraded. You know, and with a 384, you're going down to a, a 256 on the first zoom. Mm-hmm. But with a, a, a three point, I think it's a three point, though, it may be a 2.9 base mag, it gives me a great field of view. Mm-hmm. And I can zoom in in that picture in picture one click. 
and I'm already, you know, I'm down degraded, but I've identified that coyote as a, as a something that's going to be there. And man, this people ask me all the time, what do you want? What, what should I buy? What, what should I buy? And my first question to them is what's your budget? Cause if you ain't got $3,000, you wasting your money on a thermal. In my opinion, that's Agreed. just, I've went yep. with the 25 millimeter stimuluses and all that stuff. And these lower models, you're wasting your money. Agreed. Um, and there's nothing wrong with any of them in that realm right now, but that hogster it's, it's bulletproof. And, and now the step up from that is the Yoder and you go to the 640 and Josh, my other hunting partner, Josh and I hunt a lot together. He's got a Yoder. If I had it to do over again, I would have bought a Yoder went ahead and spent the money. Cause I like that clarity. You know, you, your first zoom is down to a, 384 so when you zoom in one time you're just degrading it one back down to my scope and i feel like i could shoot just a little bit further and maybe a little bit more accurate with that one but for me i'm not spending six seven eight grand on a on the envision that it's not going to help me kill any more coyotes sorry i'm just i'm a budget guy i, I work for a living just like all y'all yeah. do so i spend what i can spend <laughs> that's the same with us i mean andy and i both uh i i have an ivory rico mk1 Mine's the 384 version. Andy has a Pulsar Trail 2, which is their 384 yep. version. And the reason we both bought those is they're so dang clear for yep. what they are. And, you know, I think mine was like $3,400 or somewhere in there. I can't remember now. But uh, you, you're spending 6500 for the 640 version of the same thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's not worth it, but man, that's double the price. You're gonna kill three thousand dollars more coyotes. With yeah, exactly, you know. And and Missouri, <laughs> no, we only got no, eight, you're not. we only got two damn months to we do have, it. Right, we have two months in Missouri, so really, uh, it doesn't even justify we need the start, three thousand dollars. We need to start going to Kansas. I'm yeah. <laughs> we need to make, make, start. Make oh boy, my buddy, my buddy just got back from Kansas. Daniel Wright, really close friend of mine from down here, Rockmart, Georgia. They were in Kansas, and I think they stacked sixty-one coyotes in two nights. And I'm oh, like, Jesus oh. Christ! I mean, and they're they're he's an old school tournament hunter. He got me into a lot of you know. He's talked me through a lot, a lot of problems and things I've had over the years. Hunt, great guy, great friend of mine. And uh, but I don't think I could go to Kansas and kill that many. But hell, I'd sure like to try. try, like yeah, to try. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. What are you using for stabilization? Yeah, you said you, you said went you... away from a ball head. I'm yeah. curious to hear this. Yeah. So I've ran a ball head. Um, ran the Dark Knight Outdoors 52 millimeter for the last two years. Um, before that, I was running just an arc size uh, tripod with a um, just a cheap hundred dollar ball head from Amazon. Nothing fancy. Killed a lot of coyotes with it. I am now running what's called a leveling base. Uh, and I, I got it from, I don't know if you guys follow Amatine on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Amatine's the one that kind of turned me on to this thing with how smoothly he was able to move when he was following dogs. A leveling base is essentially the same arc of the Swiss connection on top. But instead of having a, uh, a movement up to 90 degrees or, you know, you're moving to 75 degrees and a lot of ball heads, my, my, leveling base it only can move up to 22 degrees so i don't have quite the tilt that you're going to get out of a ball head i have the same ball motion inside of it but it's locked down by a single collar there's no knob to loosen you don't loosen it up you don't have to worry about tensioning that thing down it's a single collar that rolls to to the left or the right to tighten and loosen and you loosen that thing one little click that's it you just one quarter turn and you're loose and then one quarter turn and you're back locked 
that leveling base is going to change the game for anyone out there that wants to be more steady shooting. I'll be honest with you. I watch these predator 101 hunting forums and everything on Facebook and these boys talking about, Oh, you got to buy a fat boy. Oh, you got to buy this. You got to spend a thousand dollars, blah, blah, blah. Yaddy. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Go pick you up a arc size or pick you up an interrail tripod, pick you up a good leveling base and put on there, spend 500 bucks on it and go kill coyotes. You ain't got to spend a thousand dollars on these tripods. Cause I guarantee you, you can shoot. I can't shoot no better off the fat boy than I can off that interrail that I'm running right now. I mean, it's just, that's just spitting facts. That's all I could say. Well, I, I mean, mean bef- before my tripod I got now, I was running a predator tactics dead eye and those are a, hundred and sixty dollars i think with the ball i mean it has everything you need and uh it did the job now i mean it was heavier than you know carbon fiber ones and all that stuff but yeah you don't have to have i mean sometimes it's nice (laughs) i will say we've been with guys who would have got the fat boys and guys who've got you know oh some higher end stuff and it's nice for sure move your your phone just been sitting there all day. Yeah, but now you're using it. It's fine. Uh. <laughs> but it's you know, and that, and I'm not saying that 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 it's not. I'm I'm talking for Alex. I'm not talking for anybody else. And then when I tell people what I'm using, I talk for me, and I talk for the guy that's you know don't want to spend a thousand dollars on a tripod or five hundred dollars on another ball head. You go over and pick up, and you don't have to go through Dark Night Outdoors. That's who I use. Me and Bill Hammond are really, really close. We've worked together for several years now. And Bill's been very good to me. He's been very good to everybody that I that I've worked with that I've sent to him. And but they they've got a branded interrail tripod and a, and a, uh, they can run the ball head or you can run the the leveling base attachment. And that leveling base. Josh and I both have them now. And whoo boy, game changer. I'm telling you, game changer. Let's look into those. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Andy found some. I, I just I looked them up on Amazon real quick to see what they were. That looked pretty yeah. yeah. Nice. What else you boys got gear-wise? That's all I like. I just want to know the thermal. Oh, I guess what what rifle you like using at night? Well, uh, obviously I wanna, we got to talk about that. I want to get his top five. Oh, you want to get his top five? I want to get his top five. Let's, oh, get his okay. ri- let's get his rifle. What, and then we'll what are you using, right? What are you using? <laughs> So I run a uh, threaded Ruger American 223. Uh, got a custom bolt and throw handle I put into it. Nothing fancy. It's in the stock chassis. I took and drilled it out and put an arc of the Swiss plate right on the bottom of it, and it's my killer. And these boys, and y'all may be disagreeing with this or whatever, but all the bullets, people talk bullets all the time. Oh, you got to run this. You got to run that. I run a 68-grain boat tail hollow point from uh frontier it's a hornady branded ammo mm-hmm. there's 15.99 a box of 20 those boat tail hollow points you can watch all the videos you want over on my instagram it anchors them and i even run a 75 sometime i'm not one of these guys that's got to buy a 22 creed or a 224 valkyrie or a you know a 6.8 prc or a 6.5 grand or whatever you you can talk yeah. all day long about calibers but them that Set that 68 grain 223 when when you hit them it and i don't care if you hit them in the ass it's knocking them down and that's just i don't like i don't like polymer tips i just am not a fan of them you hunt the places we hunt you're gonna shoot in the woods you shoot one of them polymer tips down through the woods you clip a limb it's over with that guy it's gone that boat tail hollow point's gonna blow right through it and hit that thing and expand and give good rapid expansion 
and we don't have a lot of issues with, with damage to furs not that we're saving hides anyway right. but we just it hits them and it stays in there and it anchors them to the ground i mean and that's that's what i use it's simple it's effective and i like a bolt gun because i guarantee you one thing one in the hands better than two in the bush any day and if i got an ar i'm gonna send everyone out of that magazine when it starts going <laughs> so you went so on your 223 you went heavier with the 68 yep so i was having issues with the 55 uh v max and one of the, now i haven't tested it yet because i well long story i'm not running that gun right now but i i dropped down to a 50 grain just for more speed more than anything just to yeah. say hey if i can you know have more kinetic energy or whatever 68 you know heavier they maybe, got a you know, 50 53 grain out yeah now. i know it sounds pretty sweet yeah but 68 or 75 is you know bringing more weight behind it sure i wonder how much it slows you're it still down. moving 3100 you're, you're going about 3100 feet per second um, and, and I do a lot of reloading. My dad's a reloader. He's taught me how to do it, and we can hand reload. And I put together some of those Sierra Match Kings, um, the, the game changers, mm-hmm. in a 71 grain. Um, haven't shot anything with them, but, man, they are screaming out of the barrel. And, you know, they're loaded a little hotter than probably they need to be, especially <laughs> in an AR. I don't run any reloads in an AR. I don't, I've had bad headspace and problems with, you know, you put a put a bullet that's – two one hundredths of an inch taller on its head space and lock that bolt in that AR down you're having to run a ramrod down it to get the, the yep. casing out of it. So for me that's that's what I use. It's simple and you know I don't I don't need anything more than that. I've got twenty five, thirty boxes of those sixty eight grains that ride around in the back of the expedition with me. I keep them keep them all the time and I gotta mention the death wagon. We got a I got an expedition oh six I built the back of it into a tray, got a roof rack on top, so it's the oh, death wagon. If shoot. I come to Missouri, y'all are gonna have to see it. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Definitely. Yeah. I like it. Andy nicknamed his what the coyote caddy? The old coyote caddy. Yeah, the old coyote, coyote caddy. caddy. I like it. His is called the death wagon. <laughs> yeah, 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 he's got me I on the I think name. he's got you on the name. Pretty sweet name. <laughs> death wagon. That's nice. You just got yours. We maybe well, maybe we can come up with something better. Oh the Oh my goodness! Okay, so you're running a Remington or a Ruger 223 uh, uh, for your night gun. Do you have any other calibers that you enjoy? What I mean is that all you've been shooting for the last several years, or you got some other no, top, top three? No, I I got one that they'll never make the list again. If I if I had to shoot it, I'd soon wrap it around the tree. A 204 Ruger, I will never shoot another Coyote <laughs> with it again because them son of a bitches will run for a mile i don't care if you, i hit one in illinois and i mean it was blowing blood all over the place and the son of a gun run across the country and was gone i anchored one to the ground hit him right in the shoulder and it, it dropped it and then shot another one and, and lost it and then came home and shot one and i went home that night and tore that gun all to hell and put it back in the box and said the hell with it but probably my top top next favorite gun is going to be a 223 ar i mean it's running the same 68 grain bullet i, I custom built a a couple of ars we before all this craziness got up and about with a, the pistol braces and everything we were running some really short i ran a 10 and a half inch uh ar that i'd put together and i wish i'd have had it on video boys because you wouldn't believe me I'm telling you but josh townsend and bentley bagel can vouch for me on this one I shot one at 221 yards running wide open with that. It was probably a prayer and a, a, a chance <laughs> that I got it and knocked it down. But 
it would hammer them. I mean, it was a very, very good gun, 200 yards and in. Um, and it was probably my second favorite gun to have just because it was easy to move around. I mean, you lightweight yeah. gun probably didn't weigh six and a half pounds with a scope on it. And it was a really, really fun gun to shoot, but it's in the safe now. I took it and put it away. Um, but just a 223 AR. Probably going next is going to be that 6.5 Grendel. I ran it a lot of years. Um, I killed a lot of coyotes with it. Very effective gun when I found the right bullet. I was shooting 123 ELD matches from, from Hornady. Hated them. I had a lot of runners. Didn't get them down. Started shooting a uh, 95 grain Varmageddon out of it, and it grenades them. I mean, it was – can't find the bullets anymore. They were a, a company. It may have been uh, – I forget dark uh, full moon or some. Uh, you used to buy bullets on Facebook all the time, and I bought several boxes of them. And it's back in the safe. Don't ever, don't ever pull it out anymore. Um, and it's a 24 inch barrel uh, Brownell, very good, accurate gun. Never had any problems with ammo once I found the right one. Um, after that, I mean, I don't get too crazy with anything. I'd like to shoot one with that 450 Bushmaster if I can. I might try that out sometime. Russell can hook you up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got one. I mean, I've got one of those oh. little Rugers that I actually hunt in Iowa with. Um, little 450 Bushmaster. That's my walking gun. So There you go. And I just, I don't want to go crazy with these calibers and stuff like that. Not that there's anything wrong with it. These boys that I would love to have a two. 24 i think it's probably one of the top guns that's out there right now um finding speed ammo i see has been a challenge for a lot of people but for me um the only other one i'd throw in the mix is the 243 um that's uh, just solid you know amazing gun i don't have one right now i want one uh and and there's no reason for me not to have one when i i trust that ruger american chassis and people they're cheap they're in effect or they're they're inexpensive and people are like oh that's a junky gun that's just uh no i'm a i'm a economical guy if i can go to the pawn shop pick one up use this bait all the hell and it'll still shoot i'm ready to go something to be said for that because you get a gun that you spend some money on you go and put a scratch on it you dang near want to cry about it i saw you cleaning your gun more than you did hunting the other day whenever we do our <laughs> tournament every time we'd get set up and i was next to him you see him lick his finger and he'd just wipe the mud off of it whatever was on it that didn't happen one time bullshit i was working on my <laughs> arkham out <Bull. laughs> oh i love it boys y'all 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 sound like me and nicholas sitting there arguing with each other i love shit. it <laughs> full of stuff you slept you slept 90 percent of the day anyway I didn't sleep once. Don't, I got don't lie to me. I got proof of you sleeping. No, you couldn't tell my eyes were closed. <laughs> I was facing away from you. Well, hell, no wonder I beat y'all in tournaments. You're taking naps all the damn time. That ain't no shit. Uh, <laughs> tell them, Andy. Tell them, Andy. <laughs> all right. So, uh, but the only the only other thing that I got to throw that caliber in there is that twenty two two fifty because I watched more coyotes die during the daytime. Cody Watson shooting that Remington seven hundred. He's got. I've seen him shoot them over 400 yards with it and drop them. So it, that that's the all that rounds out my top five. I had to finish that one and throw that one in there. And my boy's gonna kill me. <laughs> They're just so damn fast, man. I, I mean, I, I'm excited about mine. Screaming. Uh, mine put one down Saturday, and I mean, it did a hell of a job. First one for it, so it I'm did. excited. He spun maybe two times and bam, dropped. fell down. Okay, Guns so uh, before we hop off here. Why don't you tell the listener um, how they can listen to talk about it outdoors and, and, and check you guys out? 
what do you I thought Andy, looks I, like he's well, got I one thought, more question. Well, I thought Andy wanted to know his five sounds, too. Five top oh, sounds. Oh. Or were you talking five top calibers? Oh, so it's top, oh, okay, calibers. Okay. okay. Yeah. My mistake. My mistake. We know Lucky Bird would be one of them. Yeah, Lucky Bird's number one. <laughs> oh, I'll give you my top five sounds. That's the easiest thing Let's hear Let's hear them real quick, then we'll finish it up. Number one going to be Lucky Bird. Y'all heard me say it earlier. It's killed more coyotes for us. Uh, number two is going to be a um, – it's an MFK sound, so I'm going to get myself in trouble here. Uh, it's going to be that that uh, Boone, what's up, how? Uh, that's my number two. I, I run it. If I'm wanting to locate coyotes, that's my locate sound. Number three, Psycho HP from uh, James Bostock. That's my number three sound. Kills – if you're if you're running that this time of year, you're going to be successful. In my opinion, I am. That's the one I run more than anything. Uh, number four, got to go with a, a prey distress again. I hate to do it because I wasn't going to say this, but Lightning Jack, that that sound brings coyotes from a long way. And of course, number five is always going to be Pup Distress Three for me. That's the the one that that I play probably more than anything. I mean, you could throw any of those Pup Distress sounds in there. The uh, uh, random violence, uh, and that's I think that may even be an MFK sound. You could throw out the the pup distress one, hurt pup, any of those, but that pup distress three. We heard John Collins. We grew up watching John Collins, so we watched him kill a bunch of coyotes. Of those. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I do like that hurt pup on from the Fox Pro. The hurt pup one is just it's a that's lot my of, fox bang sound. It does a lot of whining, you know, a lot of screaming, yeah. you know, but. Uh, Anyway, okay, now why don't you tell people how they can uh, listen to Talk About It Outdoors and, uh, you know, check you guys out. Yeah, you can find us on uh, any of the, the podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple. We're on Google, Stitcher, uh, iHeartRadio. You can find us uh, on YouTube. We've got a YouTube channel. We started uh, filming our hunts last year, and then this year we, we filmed. We're going to have a 10-episode series drop out starting in July. It'll be across the midwest and across the southeast we got some really nice deer killed this year on camera um great great footage the guys put together uh, and we did a did a amazing nicholas has done an amazing job of that putting it together he's on episode seven i think right now but we'll have that on our youtube channel of course on instagram and facebook if you want to follow along with us we're at a lot of trade shows we'll be at nwtf this year booth 308 you can come by and see us there so we'll be talking we'll be doing the uh world deer expo in alabama if you want to come by there and see us we ran into a lot of guys there and then of course the gon outdoors blast this fall we've also got a trade show in georgia if you guys ain't got anything going on 24th 25th and 26th or 25th 5th and 26th of march um we're headlining that show with uh, the mill it'll be the etowah sportsman's show um we've got a lot of people we've brought in for it we're helping kind of headline that thing for them course our title sponsor of the show is cruiser and and they're coming to uh set up with us down there and they'll be with us at nwtf and and the other shows so awesome Awesome. very cool well good well um boys you got anything else for alex man appreciate you coming on sharing your secrets who came up with your uh, i don't know if there's who came up with your logo oh that coyote logo this one yeah dude that thing is sick sick yeah, that's uh, that's my, my boy uh, Alan Bullman, um, uh, Slate Media Studio. He came up with this for me. We'd done a deer logo similar to it, and we got talking about having a coyote mouth over the words or whatever, and we uh, we came up with this one. And it's been people's raved about it. My wife made me this brace. I don't know if you guys can see it or not. It okay. says, uh, I want to see it. it says a uh, coyote 
Hunter. Yeah. And she put her logo in the middle of it. They did. I had to throw one out for Foxboro on the coyote. And <laughs> I, I wear this thing everywhere now. She's like, you got to wear that out, mouth. I'm like, okay, I'll wear it now. <laughs> but it's been, I, I just want to say this. It's been a pleasure listening to you guys. Y'all do a very, very good job with your show. Um, you, your, your camaraderie, the, the way that y'all kind of spin things in a positive light has been fun to listen to over the years. Um, whether y'all realize it or not, y'all, y'all stood out with a lot of inspiration to me when I first got started. Um, the way you're willing to help people out and the things that y'all do and share your stories. I mean, I've listened to y'all talk about killing big bucks and y'all going on the trips with your, with your dads and your grandpas and taking your kids and getting them involved in the woods and stuff. And to me, that's what this whole podcast and things about is meeting people that are like-minded and, and positive and, we got enough negative and battling going on in the industry today that I just hate. I hate to see the, the bashing and everything. And we've been very fortunate as a podcast community not to have much of that. I think in in our space anyway, and y'all don't stay pigeonholed to one area. Y'all are willing to talk to guys from all over the country, no matter what they're doing. And I think that's a successful trait. And, and y'all are very, very well-versed with each other. And y'all, y'all deserve a pat on the back because – Y'all got a listener for a long time, and I'm gonna be listening to Missouri Woods and Water when y'all drop it. I may not catch them all, but I'm gonna catch most of them. Hey, we appreciate that. That, man. that so means we, a lot. We really appreciate does. it. Right back at you, man. Yes. It, uh, you guys I, do good I catch as well. pretty much every week of you too. Uh, and like I said, that uh, you're the only damn podcast, hunting podcast, has ever made me cry. So you got that for. It. <laughs> <laughs> so. But uh, that's a line at Micah. He's lying. He cries a lot, don't he? <laughs> I mean, he can Super be emotional. Tough. He's an emotional dude. He ain't scared to cry. Nothing wrong with that, though. Me, I cry too, buddy. It's all Nick has to dry my tears all the my time. Kids. I'm telling you, my kids, <laughs> kids and dog, and my dog, <laughs> and uh, it don't matter. I, I'll I'll cry about it. I, and I ain't. Who cares? Call me a call me a sissy. It don't matter. No, but um. No, thank you, Alex, for coming on. We we share the same sentiment. You guys are awesome too, and um, you know, thanks for thanks for stopping on. Hey, I appreciate it, guys. We'll get together soon. I promise. All, All right, right. we'll see, see you. Ya.